Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. I am Eric Feigl, your host, as always, and I'm joined today by Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, Level 1 Coach with the USA Track and Field, Poliquin Level 1 Biosignature Practitioner, and former Michigan State University soccer player, Mike Thompson, out of Chicago, Illinois, my home state. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So I, I really wanted to talk to you today about, and before we jump into to, uh, you know, who you are and more about your background, um, the importance of, just to give some people some context, the importance uh-huh. of being an athlete and how that translates to athletes that you interact with, as well as how you maybe program for the general population. So um, tell everybody a little bit about a little bit more about yourself, uh, some stuff that I left out. Sure. Well, uh, been in the business now since uh, 2005, or that's when I graduated at least. And even before that, I had internships and, you know, played sports growing up. So it's always kind of that gray area when you say you got into the industry. So I at least got a decade in the the business, um, which I think counts for something. and if we go way back, like uh, what you said, I played soccer for Michigan State. Um, after playing soccer for Michigan State, I ended up moving to Chicago and kicked off the personal training uh, business. And, and it was easy for me to transition from a soccer player to a runner and uh, had some great success in running and ended up having some bad cases of plantar fasciitis, which turned me on to triathlon. And, uh, Went the whole spectrum, everything from Ironman, came back down to the Olympic distance, competed at a high level, um, raced for Team USA in 2012 at the World Championship in New Zealand, had some great success there, and uh, on that trip proposed to my wife, and you know the business went into a whole other direction, and we got very busy, and, and I uh, scaled back the distance in training, so I started prepping for 5Ks and miles, and uh, now my training is has led me to something called the D10, the, um, uh, which is like a decathlon, which is fun, a lot of strength-based training. Um, the longest distance I run is an 800. Um, so in terms of my background, I've done, um, you know, this full spectrum of endurance training to team sports to now more the strength-based training. So uh, it's... Uh, kind of left me well-rounded, I believe, as a, as a coach. Yeah, I'd say so. So and it, it kind of progresses into uh, what you do now and who you work with. But don't leave out the part about uh, your bachelor's degree in kinesiology because when you oh, told me that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that story <laughs> is probably always going to stick with me. So tell the listeners yeah. about that. Yeah, that's a good story. I, um, 
I didn't start out at Michigan State. I ended up going uh, and playing for a small school in Michigan called Saginaw Valley. It was a Division II school. Got recruited to go play there, and I didn't know what I was going to do for school. Um, I thought I was going to be some sort of business major. And uh, at the time, I was dating a girl that went to the University of Michigan. I sat in on one of her exercise physiology classes when I was, I think I was about part of the way through my sophomore year. And uh, I sat in on one of her classes and was like, wow, you can, you can learn about this stuff. And, you know, um, and it, it just to me was really a no brainer. And it was one of those big sparks that, that was like, wow, I don't know why I'm studying accounting right now. <laughs> I absolutely hate it, you know? And uh, so after that, I actually took the path of becoming a physical therapist and which was what she was. And so I thought, you know, Hey, I want to be a physical therapist too, because that's, um, uh, that's what she's doing. And that's the, uh, why she was taking those classes. And I ended up getting to my uh, last semester. I did two internships, one with a physical therapist and one with a personal trainer who did uh, nutrition lectures. And uh, he did them in, um, in with large corporations, hundreds of people at a time. And the, the physical therapy would just wasn't my route. Um, right, 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 right. Initially it got me going in the right direction, but it was a little bit too slow paced. It was a little, little morbid in the sense that the, the, um, the people that he was dealing with were always broken. And I liked the preventative side of the training that this personal trainer provided. And uh, it, it really, it's, it's what I wanted to do. And, and especially pairing it up with the nutrition, I think it's just extremely dangerous. And, you know, our business is not just personal training. It's, um, it's very holistic. We do group classes, we do nutrition consultations, um, that whole game now. So, um, it just, it just made sense to me. And, uh, so that's, that's more of my background. So that's interesting. So, even though you didn't, you know, follow through as physical therapy, which I think for most people in our, in our industry, like for myself, I started out going into the teaching background and then okay. I go, went into athletic training and then I got more into uh, exercise science as, yeah. as, as it relates to personal training, I guess. So yeah. everybody kind of takes that similar path, I think, but I'm interested, do you still use like some physical therapy techniques maybe with some of your clients or sure. you, just, you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, call them physical therapy, call them corrective exercises, call it structural balance. I think mm -hmm. with any good coach, they find the athlete's weakness and improve it. And, um, depending on where they are, and I don't want to get into too much of the X's and O's of the program design, but there is a time and a place to put those in because right. if you've got right. weak links in the chain, um, the athlete's going to get injured and they're not going to be productive of value. Um, if they're injured. And so a lot of times um, we'll put them in depending on what phase of training or, um, you know, how experienced they are as an athlete. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So tell us a little bit more about, <clears throat> I assume you're working mostly with um, athletes and then some, a little bit of uh, general population. Is that correct? We have the whole gamut. Um, okay certainly have the the generate uh general population um but we've we've recently been um blessed to to get some actors some musicians some um, black belts in jujitsu some co consultants that travel so we do a lot of online coaching 
and you don't have to be present with us to to work with us. Um, one of our coaches is uh, trying out for the Olympic bobsled team, so I'm writing his program, which is completely different than what uh, I've done in the past with my uh, runners and triathletes. It just requires a whole nother level of um, programming. And yeah. uh, he comes from a Division One football background, and his ability to tolerate uh, loads is, is fantastic. So we have doing have him doing protocols like clusters and wave loads and and uh, contrasts. And uh, as he, I think he's about five to six weeks out from his uh, tryout. So it's been it's been real fun. But you know, the majority of the people are um, people looking to get better at, uh, at, at running triathlon or to drop body fat mostly. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the typical running through the, the gamut. So yeah. let's, let's back up here. So I'm interested in what kind of football, what position this football player played and how big is a normal bobsled player? Because when I think of bobsled a player, a bobsled athlete, <laughs> yeah. when, when I think of those kind of athletes, I, I don't think of like that, humongous you know frame that most people might think of as a football player so what what's that like yeah he well it's it's fun and he he was just benching today we've got him uh, uh doing a eight sets of two to three reps as this is the second to last phase and then he's going to go into a contrast protocol before his uh the combine or the tryouts but um He's a he's a beast of a man, and uh, he's probably 220 pounds and um, very lean, very fast. Uh, I consider tall, how myself. How tall is he? He's probably six foot, six foot one, maybe six foot two. Okay. Um, and the uh, bobsled position is um, the weight doesn't necessarily matter. Um, it, it it does. Don't get me wrong, but it uh the sled weight can change depending on the load of the individuals whether it be a two-person uh, sled or a okay. four-person sled so if it's if the two people are are light they can add weight to the sled um to kind of equalize it i see okay yeah because i'm thinking to myself like you know a ben roethlisberger type sprinting down the, mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. the sled i'm like i don't know how yeah. that's gonna turn out <laughs> yeah well if you're big and powerful that's what they're looking for so they, right. t- they tend to get a lot of track and, and football players. Yeah, you know, I guess and, that makes sense. And not uh, two milers, like 100-meter <laughs> runners, maybe 400-meter <laughs> runners, yeah. So let, let's dial back into the general populations and the people that you deal with. What do mm-hmm. you see as one of the greatest needs for people coming to see you? Um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways we could take that, but general population, um, they need to – learn how to work hard yeah um coming from a non-athletic background most people don't know how to push themselves and so that's the benefit of having a coach and someone that has some different perspective or or has been there and done that and you know when you're like uh you know let's let's call it running if you're going to have an athlete do a 400 meter run and you want them to run hard and they get done with the run and they're looking at you in the eyes like a dog, like, okay, let's do it again. Like, no, 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 no. You didn't do that at the intensity. I want you to do that. Or if they do, uh, you know, a bench press and they, uh, are talking during it and then the perceived effort or the, the load that they're under is not that great, you know? So, um, 
I think it's up to us as coaches to be able to, to load the athlete accordingly. And um, so that's one thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think for, for most general population people, it's getting them in the right uh, position. So it's up to the coach to pick the correct exercise. Exercise selection is very important for where they're at in their uh, um, gym experience and training. And so, you know, my belief is that everybody should try to be working towards a back squat, a pull up, a barbell bench press. And, and there is a hierarchy of exercises in order to get to those gold standard movements. And right. uh, you don't want to start with the squat, pull up, deadlift, because then there's nowhere to go after that. You want to be able to progress them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun, fun field to try to um, figure out where people should start and what's most appropriate. Because they're really, I mean, there isn't necessarily a wrong answer, but you can certainly do it uh, better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and your exercises. You know, and, and vice versa, when someone comes in and you see them putting out too much effort, because there is such thing, because there's a right. progression to, to training. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you do too, but I've got clients who just happen to be injury-free. They're young, they're athletic, and right. they would they would do um, a squat or a deadlift until they threw up. Oh, you know? yeah. But then, yeah, yeah. But, then, but, but then after that, you're like, okay, well, now you have to recover for so long that we need that. <laughs> so it's, 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 learning, it's learning that meeting the person where they are and trying to develop something around them to where you still have a uh, majority of control, but they feel like they're giving enough effort without blowing themselves out of the water for the appointment. Yeah. So it's, yeah. That's just as important. I think when people come to see the trainer, I don't know about you, but for me, I have some clients that will apologize if they fail, like on their last set. Like, what yeah. are you apologizing for? Like, no. this isn't, I don't apologize. It's like, you did something great. You know, you took it to the effort that was expected and yeah. you know, you don't have to apologize for anything. I think that's really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to have a, an old triathlon coach who would say, if I crossed the finish line and I f- like basically fell over the finish line, didn't have anything left, left that he trained me accordingly. Whereas if I <laughs> went out too hard and my legs were shot and I'm still a mile away from the finish line, then he didn't give me enough endurance where if, uh, uh, if I have energy left after I cross the finish line, then he didn't give me enough speed. So there's that beautiful mix of both speed and endurance with the triathlon and running as well as uh, with the lifting too. It's up to the, and I think this is just time in the trenches. They, I like, I like that little saying time in the trenches. Oh, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's about being in the game for a while to know how to load the athlete to get the response that you, you need. So definitely. So tell us a little bit more about the, your athletic side of things. How does what you, what you did as a college athlete and then going into exercise science, how does that kind of mold and shape how you deal with your more athletic uh, population? Well, um, it's, it's uh, you know, I'll say that how I choose the exercises is partially dependent on the athlete's training age. So whether they be an athlete or whether they've just had a lot of gym experience, yep. um, there's a chronological age. So you know, I am 35, but my gym age is, shoot, I was lifting weights with my brother when I was eight years old in our basement, you know? So I've been right. been at the game for a while where the person that has is coming into the gym and they're like, my doctor told me that I need to be healthy. Um, 
<laughs> they're they're like a little baby lifter you know they're so green they're so cute you know it's like they get, you gotta do these little you gotta do you have to be gentle with them and, and make sure they don't break and um so that's important is understanding where the athletes come from and, and what their goals are um and for you to not impose your goals on them because you know i come from a strong athletic background and even though i can do these things and people see me kicking ass with people uh, that's not what my goal is it's my my goal is to train the athlete according to where they are yeah. um and uh so i think that that's i think that's important um yeah so that well that's uh, no that, that, bring, that brings up a very good point because i, I see that all the time and now i i don't deal with athletes i i guess technically i heard this somewhere and i can't remember exactly where it was but everybody that a, a trainer deals with is should be called an athlete because they they might they, they might not be technically you know the kind of athlete that like like yourself a former uh, very competitive athlete or a current athlete who's yeah. training to to compete in an event but they're like that quote unquote corporate athlete yeah they're yeah. coming from from a very high intense um a work environment and they're coming yep. for you for something else that you have to keep them going so that's right Yep. You know, yeah. So, so learning where those people are coming from, and I see it a lot when you have someone who's extremely competitive in their work environment, and then they come to the gym, and oh, they might yeah. have like a very, very small, low uh, training age, and they see the person next to them like working harder, oh, lifting gosh. more weight, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, how come yeah. I'm not, I, I'm ten years younger than that person? It looks like I'm healthier. How come I'm not doing what they're doing? Right. It's like, well, if you can go through these these progressions X, Y, and Z, right? Or you know, or maybe make it to the gym uh, three appointments in a row, then we can com um, progress. It's not about right. you know that that comparison thing. That's that yeah. takes a certain type of mental attitude. Which are those people are fun to train though, right? I mean, yeah, you get a yeah, lot, for sure. A lot, a lot of work out of those people. Yeah. yeah, you hear it a lot in the group classes. I, um, I hear of athletes that go to these group classes and they're like Susie was running at so and so miles per hour and I just couldn't let her beat me on the treadmill next to me you know <laughs> I'm yeah, like, exactly. well okay so <laughs> you take a right. deep breath but uh Eric one other thing I think is important to know is that uh for like general population or people just coming into the the lifting game versus people that have been in the lifting game for a while the the protocols are significantly different and the athlete that's more experienced, their program from the outside actually looks more simple uh, versus the athlete that's coming into and fairly new. So, for example, yeah. um, an experienced athlete, they might have an A1 or one exercise that they do uh, you know, eight to ten times, and then they have a B1, B2, like a superset after that. So they might have right. three exercises for the day where the more beginner athlete might have a1 through a4 so four exercises in the first circuit a b1 through b4 in the second circuit and then you know it could be a c1 through c4 c1 c2 whatever so they could have anywhere from eight to ten movements for the day so um you know it might look more simple but that advanced athlete is getting a lot more volume in one area where the beginner athlete you tend to spread the love out a little bit to help with their it helps with their mind and muscle connection, um, yep. and uh, it just diversifies the the program because you can't put too much. Like if you put a beginner athlete on bench press 
five to six reps for eight sets, you would crush them. They wouldn't come right. back. They'd, they'd get right. rhabdo because <laughs> they just, their body can't uh, heal from it. And um, so where the advanced trainee, you know, they might do eight sets of bench press, five to six reps. And in the fourth or fifth set, they're like, oh man, I'm just starting to get fired up. You know, my nervous system is now now starting to, to kick in and those later sets are actually better where a beginner trainee they uh they they are fatigued by that point and they just can't tolerate the volume so i think that's important as well is that the protocols are different that's so. that's huge and get and getting those at those athletes no matter what side of the gate they're on to buy into that program and why they're doing it yes yes heck yeah right yeah, yeah. i heard uh, a cool quote that uh good trainers uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up, but good trainers do what their athletes like and great trainers get their athletes to do what they need. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. There, and again, it, there's, there's that line of the need versus the want, you know, an athlete wants to get faster, stronger, better, but where they are right now might not, they might not see that for a while. Yeah. So getting, getting that, get, I'm getting it across to the other side too. You're getting somebody who, wants to come in like that general population that just wants to look, look a little better, feel better, lose a little bit of fat mass, improve their body composition. But uh, you know, what they need to do isn't exactly 100% with where, what they, what they expect. So right. yeah, finding those lines, that's definitely, that's big. Um, well, Mike, I, I think we, we covered a lot today and I, I appreciate you, you know, showing your philosophy and taking the time out of your schedule. Oh if yeah. People, if people have any questions, comments, concerns, where can they reach you? Uh, probably the best place would be email, and that's uh, info at fastandfitcoaching.com. Um, our website is www.fastandfitcoaching.com. Uh, we've been doing more on Instagram. Um, I unfortunately have been putting a lot of things on my personal Instagram, and we need to get things transitioned over to our business, but my personal's uh, fast and fit Mike and the business Instagram is fast and fit coaching. And then we were certainly on uh, Facebook as well. So I've okay, uh, been, doing, been doing a lot of storybooks and been trying to distribute, um, distribute information. So, you know, like my, one of my uh, mentors, like I said before, he, he did a lot of lecturing for nutrition and that's what we want to be able to do is to distribute information, whether it be in lecture form or social media, it's about, about preaching the good word, you know? It's a hundred percent. I'm glad you said it because usually I, I end with something like that. Like, thanks for sharing some good knowledge because, Oh, there we uh, go. You know, like, it, it, I mean, it's just, you know, and I've said this a, a billion times, if we have all this information and the only people we're sharing it with yeah. is just the people that, that were, that we're working with. Yes. Um, and we're not helping other coaches learn. What's the point? There's no point in going to the grave with all this information. We're not going to be here. And if we want to leave a good legacy for the industry, then the people coming up behind us need to know where, what we did, where we came from, how we do things, and then yep. you just learn and progress from there. So that's right. Uh, Mike, again, I appreciate it, man. And I hope people get in, in touch with you and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.